Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of health care coverage. They've been protecting Tennessee since 1947. I'm Amy Wells. Thank you so much for tuning in to this playoff edition of the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. Mac, of course, is here. Coach Mac, how you doing? I thought you were about to put your mask on. Like, we're okay. We're all vaxxed here. I know, friends. but I had my mask on when I was out there watching practice, and so I just put it down here. Ashley Farrell's over here shaking her hands. I think she's got frostbite. It was a tad nippy out there, but it's going to be a tad nippy on Saturday, so we're all used to the elements. It is chilly here, and it's also going to be chilly on Saturday, as Coach Max said. The Titans are taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It's at Nissan Stadium, which is just so great. Kickoff for that game is at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Titans Radio, by the way, goes on the air with Titans Countdown at 2 p.m., so you get a little extended pregame. We're very excited about that. We'll all be there. So, Mac, I guess we've got to start off just by talking about the playoffs. You can feel the excitement around this city. Like, everywhere you go, it feels like everyone's buzzing about the Titans playoffs. You're a man about town. You roll around doing all of your Coach Mac things. What are the people saying to you? Oh, they're so excited. I mean, and it it really covers all avenues of people, you know, because I I mix around with a lot of different groups. And it's just, it's amazing about the energy that is in this city right now, and rightfully so, because that's what the playoffs are about. This is why we all do this. This is exactly why we're all invested in, in the National Football League and invested in the Titans. These are the times. These are the payoffs. And so you can, you can feel it everywhere. And, you know, when I first got into the league, uh, I was told, and it's true, that when, uh, when the playoffs come around, you're all breathing a different type of air. And we can feel it. And it's going to be it, – it's, it's great now. The buildup is great. You can never be – I mean, the excitement for the fans can never be at too high a pitch. And I think this city's building to a big one right now. Oh, my gosh. It just – you can feel it as you walk through the city and as you're just interacting with people. It's the only thing that everyone is talking about, at least to me. I mean, from the grocery store to the doctor's office, like every single person has said something to me about the playoffs, which is just so cool. So we're so excited to see everybody on Saturday at Nissan Stadium. Make sure you come early. There's so much going on at the stadium. Head on over to TennesseeTitans.com for the full list of all the things that are going on I can't even name them all we'd be here for 45 minutes there's so much going on but I can tell you that you want to get to your seat early because Little Big Town is singing the national anthem which is so so cool and Jarrell Casey is the 12th Titan and we're going to hear from him a little bit later on the show which is so exciting but you're going to want to be in your seat when the game starts so make sure you get there early leave time to get your car parked get yourself all situated walk around a little bit stop by the team store get your gear whatever it is you want and then sit down because it's going to be awesome but there's also something going on on Friday night that I'm very excited about and I'm hoping I, I mean I don't know what the fire codes are but if all one million of our listeners could be there that'd be pretty cool pep rally Friday night at 6th and Peabody from 6.30 to 9 o'clock. It's going to be 
awesome because Sixth and Peabody's got like the indoor outdoor kind of space. So there's lots of room for activities. Mike Keith is going to be there. There's going to be Titans alumni. There's going to be T-Rack cheerleaders, the whole crew. I'm going to be there. It's going to be an awesome night to just get excited about this game. So again, that's on Friday night at 6th and Peabody, 6.30 to 9 o'clock p.m. There will be prizes. There's drink specials. I mean, you name it, it's going to be there. So all one million of you, <laughs> come right. on down. Come on down. Yeah, I mean, take a lift because I don't know where a million people are going to park. So, like, I mean, a ride well, do, share do, would do be the, nice. Do the lift. I mean, and they, they, yeah. need, they need the money. So do the lift. I mean, that'll be good. You know, they, they need some income, too. And, and this is going to be a big weekend, you know, for downtown income, I'm sure, anyway. So bring it and let's go. Uh, I'll plan on being there for a little while. I'll make a Coach Mack appearance and just kind of Coach Mack around. It'll be fun. <laughs> just do your Coach Mack things. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So anyway, Friday night. Get yourself all excited and then go to sleep. Wake up the next day and get excited again because that's the actual game. Yeah, I don't think you, I think you can go to sleep excited, still be excited when you're dreaming. So, I mean, this is an all-in thing. <laughs> Let's talk some ball, Matt. Let's do. Because that's what everybody's here for. You've been at practice all week. How is Mike Vrabel really keeping his team focused in on the task at hand and not letting the emotions and the excitement of this week and the position the Titans are in kind of – Take this team away to a different place. Yeah, he's not he's not quelling their excitement, you know, at all. But 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 they're 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 working with a lot of speed. They've worked with a lot of speed this week. They've worked in the elements. You know, he's had them in the elements this week. It's not like uh, you know, it's not like they've just been going indoors because it's cold because they're going to play in the cold. So I mean, they're they're ready. When you watch, I mean, I've watched a few practices in my life, and uh, you can tell. I mean, they're dialed in. The preparation has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know, Mike Vrabel has said that in his press conferences. He really likes the way they are practicing. And here's the other thing, too, Amy. you got everybody out there. I mean, you got everybody available. So that's been a real nice development for the Titans, too. How much is this team pulling from past playoff experiences? How much is that going to help them when they're going up against a team that is very new to all that is? the NFL playoffs. You know, it's it's different than it used to be in the past just because of free agency, you know, and the salary cap cuz you got different players. You have different players showing up. You know, that used to be quite the deal before you had free agency and the salary cap cuz you had the same team every year. Same team every year. Now the way the National Football League works, you have a different team. Individuals have those that experience. The head coach has got a lot of that experience, but I mean still the players that are playing now have to be in the moment and they're in the moment uh it's not hard to get into playoff mode, though, just because, you know, you're in the Elite Eight now. There's only eight teams playing. Everybody else is watching you. And then, plus, the National Football League playoffs are, are, are so intense because it's not like the NBA. It's not like Major League Baseball. It's not three out of five. It's not four out of seven. It's this one. And so that's why it's so big. For this team, you had mentioned earlier, health is such a big deal for the Titans, especially on offense. So many of their key players are back in the lineup. For someone like Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, or Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback of this team, how beneficial is it to them that they are finally going to have the full toolkit? 
Yeah, well, the more the more of your good players are there, the you know the better chance you have of making good things happen. But this football team, as you well know, and and so do our listeners, they've done a great job this year since we've. I mean, ninety one players. How many times have we got to say that number? I mean, that's going to be uh, in in emblazoned on all of our minds that think about this season for a long time. It was it's phenomenal to think what this team has done. But I'm mean, just saying it, it's just nice to be out there at practice and watch a full complement of healthy players out there at practice. And yeah, you talk about the offensive weapons. Uh, Mike Keith had the had the, the, the statistic. Well those top three guys been together, 122 out of over thirteen hundred snaps. I mean, come on. And so it's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. And it's also kind of comforting. The defense as a whole had a real kind of down second half against the Houston Texans, which feels like a thousand years ago to be talking about the Houston Texans. But that's the last time this team was on the field was the last game of the regular season. So with that in mind, how can the Titans defense prevent having that slump carry over for two weeks. That was a different game. I mean, you know, you, you were you were boat racing those people, 21 to house, and you came out. If you if you hit that 28 to nothing shot, then it's going to be a boat race. I mean, that's just – that's human nature. And, and plus, look, this football team has had the foot on the gas pedal all the different players have been playing for the whole time. So it was it – was, the best thing I can say about that is it's over. But is there something that they can key in on this week to help them be – more successful, or to continue to have the success that we've seen them have pretty much all season. Well, do the way they started out the Houston game. Just yeah. go ahead and boat race this group in the first half, and then I promise you there won't be a letdown in the second half. Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense have, I mean, been on fire for the last couple games. They won four out of their last five. They've really kind of become the darlings of the NFL, this team that's emerged from relative obscurity. Is Joe Burrow really playing as well as it looks like he is on paper? Yeah, absolutely. This is a really young, explosive offense they put together. It's it's interesting how they've constructed this team. They've drafted their offense, and they've, they've built their defense by free agency. And so you've got a veteran group on defense, and you've got a really young, explosive group on on offense they've got their people healthy but Joe Burrow I mean there's a reason there is a reason why he was the number one pick is there a weakness within the Bengals offense that can be exploited by the Tennessee it's the offensive line it's the offensive line and and the way that they counteract that on their part they get the ball out quick they get the ball out very quick, and so you're, we're going to have to be able to get pressure, get him off his spot, you know, collapse, and attack the cylinder, which is that center guard triangle right up there in his face. Not let him escape outside, you know, and don't let him don't let him move around back there, which you can do very well to put our guys in just in plaster situations downfield. Which whether you're in man or zone, plaster situations turn into one on one. We don't talk about kicking a ton, but it is worth noting that the last time the Titans faced the Bengals in 2020, Randy Bullock was the Bengals kicker. Now he's kicking for the Tennessee Titans. How important is it going to be for him and throwing in guys who kick balls, Brett Kern, how important is it going to be that they have a solid day on Saturday? Well, speaking of solid, you know what K balls are. You know, you don't you don't kick the same ball that you play with. Those are K balls. They're that are they're that are listed and they're they're looked at by the officials. So they always anytime there's a kicking situation, you you put a K ball in for kicking. 
Now they do this because it used to be in the old in the days when I first started, the kickers would take those balls and they'd put them in dryers with wood chips and 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 inflate them up where they'd go further, you know. And so you'd use the same ball and you'd have your equipment man would throw that ball out there that'd been in the dryer with the wood chips and you know it went further. All right. Well, they stopped all that. That's how they stopped all of that. I mean, you know. A little edge. Everybody's looking for an edge. Kickers were great at it because they got plenty of time on their hands. But <laughs> now the K balls, you know, are, are, are so the K balls are they're rock hard because they're brand new. You know, they they get rubbed down, but they're brand new. They haven't been used. So especially when it gets cold like it is now in playoff weather, it's really important that kickers and punters be able to perform with that part of their element. Cold balls really, really are. An issue. Yeah, and it is going to be cold. It's supposed to be in the 30s, maybe dip down into the 20s. No precipitation, though. No wind anticipated, really. So those are good things. But you're right. Those balls are hard to kick when it's so cold. Yes, they are. And, and that's you know that's just something that – but everybody has to deal with the same. See, it used, to, it used to not be the same when you could put them in dryers and wood chip them, depending on how good your equipment men were and how good your kickers were at – figuring out their, their their footballs. They were really good at it. I've been around some that were masters at it. They were just about chemists with it as to figuring it out. How big of a fire hazard is it to put wood chips in your dryer? Well, I don't think you do. I don't think a dryer is like a furnace. I mean, it, it, it's hot. I've never seen one catch on fire. I've seen them in there. Dryers catch on fire all the time. It's like one of the biggest things that start house fires. Don't you watch the news? Yeah, I don't watch house fire news on dryers. But I guess I, I, I agree it's with just, you. I agree with you. You you would know. Gosh, Mac, don't you know. let your house burn down. Okay, good. You don't even. I'll oh keep the wood God. chips out of it. No, yeah, don't put wood chips in your dryer. Make sure you have a working smoke alarm. Oh, my gosh. Okay, see. Do then, you? These are all. These, are there batteries in your smoke alarm? These are, they're going off. Does that mean they're working? Oh, my gosh. I'm coming to your house. This is, <laughs> this is dangerous. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. And, Mac, you might need it. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Before Mac's house catches on fire, because he knows nothing about fire safety, I want to make sure that we are able to get through this show. And I mentioned it earlier, Jarrell Casey is going to be the 12th Titan at Saturday's game. And we love Jarrell. Jarrell Casey is one of the Titans' greats. We're so excited when he agreed to be on the show with us. So here's our conversation with Jarrell Casey. Mac, it's the playoffs, you know. So, of course, we had to go kind of, I don't want to say into the archives because that makes it seem like he's been retired for a long time, and he hasn't. It's Jarrell Casey. He is our guest right now, and he has not been retired very long. He's one of our absolute favorite Titans of all time forever, or at least he is for me. So having him on this show, one of our playoff shows, just is so exciting to me. Jarrell Casey, thank you for being on with Coach Mac and I. Appreciate it. Thank y'all very much for having me. It's a blessing to be here, and let's see it chopping. Coach Mack has brought a relic, I think you would call it. He has brought with him his notebook that he used when he was evaluating players, and one of the players who is in this very notebook is one Jarrell Casey. Coach Mack, 
Take us through your evaluations of Jarrell Casey when he was coming out of college. Yeah, Jarrell, let's chop this up a minute here. Uh, when I knew you were going to be on here, uh, I've got 35 notebooks. That's how many drafts I've been involved in. So I've, I've, I've evaluated a few players in my day. And, you know, when I was a senior assistant uh, that first year to help Munchak out his first year, then uh, – they asked me to do defensive players for the draft because we knew we were going to draft a linebacker and we knew we were going to draft a defensive tackle. The first round pick was going to be a quarterback, but we knew that. Gotcha. Uh, but then after that, that I'm going to take you behind the scenes exactly what happens because you know Coach Max never lied to you. So here, <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So here, so here it is. And so when Rustin Webster he said, "Mac, I want you to to evaluate these linebackers and these defensive tackles, and then and then help us sort them out." And so I went back because I've kept a notebook for every draft I've ever done. And so I, I, pulled, I pulled out the 2011, and I've got here Jarrell Casey, uh, t- uh, 2011 draft, USC, Long Beach Poly. And by the way, Long Beach Poly, I had another great player that I was involved in the draft with from Long Beach Poly when I was with the Bears, Mark Carrier. Uh, Long Beach. Okay. Po- yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Long Beach Poly put, puts out some players, you know, for everybody that's listening. If you want to find players, just go to Long Beach Poly. Okay. There you go, the phone calls, baby, you represent. That's hundred uh, <laughs> percent right. I've been there. I've, I've, I have been there. Believe me. All right. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at six one, uh, uh, three hundred pounds, four nine three forty, and here's here's my write up on a Jarrell Casey. Okay, great base, extreme power, instant punch, uh, unusual to elite flexibility in the lower body, can change direction. And the biggest thing I circled was never stops going. And so how's that for a, so far? That yeah. That is amazing. That is, that's spot on right there. Well, yeah, it was. And so, and, and so, and so what, and what I said, and what I, what I said was would be a value pick anywhere from the second round on. And I said, this guy is a ball player. And so, anyway, so the, there were 17 defensive tackles taken in that draft. All right? I don't know if you've kept yeah, track I of remember. this. No, nah, I remember. Yeah, nah, I, I know remember. you do. So, I kept track of all of it, too. And the first two were Marcel Darius out of Alabama, went 13. Nick yeah. Fairley, when that went to Auburn, you know, went number 13. And then, the, then here's where it started because, you know, those guys, you know, I had separated those guys. And then Rustin asked me. And then the next guy was, was Corey – it's Corey Leggett from Illinois. Remember Corey him that went to yeah. Chargers? Yeah, right. yeah, Chargers, yeah. I talked to him recently. Yeah, okay. Well, Corey I thought was a really good football player. You know, I liked him, but I, I figured that he that he might be gone by the time we were picking in the second or the third round. And the, the next guy that went 21 was Phil Taylor from Baylor, who couldn't play dead yep. in Western. Okay, <laughs> I mean, and so that was a that was a, that was a bad pick by Cleveland. All right, okay. So now we're getting into the guys that that I'm looking at now. Now we were getting nervous because uh, here we wanted you. You were the guy we wanted. The line, it was between you and a linebacker, and we were trying to see how the board would come off. You always put pods up on the board to see how the board started coming off. So in the second round, Jarvis Jenkins, uh, you know, went from Clemson yep. at, at 41. Marvin Austin, uh, you know, from North Carolina, went to the Giants at 52, which I was yep. very happy of. We didn't want him. Okay. And then Stephen Paella went 53 from Oregon, all right, out in, yep. your, out in your part of the world. All right. So now. Now we're into the third round, and we are we are nervous because we don't pick till seventy seventh, right? And we knew, looking at it, that the that the Panthers at that time needed a defensive tackle, 
And so we were all, your name is up on the board. I mean, there's a big red light flashing on it, but we have to work through that part. And, and, and there was talk about moving up. We were afraid you, we, were, you, we would lose you, but we needed the picks. We needed the number of picks, you know, because they were trying to rebuild, as you well know. And so at number 65, I mean, we were all uh, celebrating when the Panthers out of South Florida took Terrell McLean. All right, you remember that name? Yep. At 77, the Titans run to the podium and put in <laughs> Jarrell Casey from the Tennessee Titans. And, look, all of those names that I have just said, let me give you a little little thing about the 77th pick that was Jarrell Casey. Ten years in the league, all right, ten years in the league, 507 tackles, 51 sacks, eight forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries, all pro in 2013, five Pro Bowls, 2015 to 2019. None of those other dudes did any of that. So guess what? That's a hell of a pick by the Tennessee Titans, Jarrell. <laughs> that's an amazing pick by the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's something I tell people all the time, man. Like, it's a blessing to be a first-round pick or whatever. And, yeah, you, that's, that's great. But at the end of the day, man, as long as you get to the lead, you, you, you prove yourself in the game, it's going to be a blessing. It's going to treat you well. And that, that's definitely one thing I – I can appreciate from this game is that, you know, Tennessee tr- treated me very well and the game of football was excellent being able to play out there in Tennessee and be able to establish a name for myself and the name for this organization come today. Definitely. Absolutely. And seeing the success that this team is having right now, Jarrell, you must be so proud because you were one of the guys that laid that foundation. I mean, you're going to be the 12th Titan at a playoff game that you didn't see too many playoff games in your time with Tennessee, a few, but not a ton. And you were the guy that led the team through some of those harder times. What are those emotions like for you coming back and kind of seeing this team having that success? It's unreal. You know, this is definitely amazing times. And uh, if you ever come back and experience it, it's definitely great. Because like you say, I got to get there a little bit, but it's nothing like being the first seed and having a home field advantage and, you know, to say that I was part of those guys coming up and being able to be where they are today, uh, nah, this, these guys are doing their thing. This got nothing to do with me. These guys are ballers. They they getting after it. And on all three phases, their boys are executing. I want to give props to John and uh, Rabel. Those dudes are crushing it over there and knowing how to find guys to come in and get it done. It's there. I'm, I can't wait to get out there and see how ecstatic these, these fans are going to be, see how rocking that stadium is going to be. I know, I know the floor should be shaking. I know those lights should be rumbling. It's going it's to be incredible. And I, I can't wait to get out there and, and just take it all in. You know, like you say, to go into a playoff atmosphere is already nuts. But to have home field advantage, I know that's going to be even crazier. I know that you have been a mentor to a lot of guys, but one of them specifically is Jeffrey Simmons. And Jeffrey Simmons is a guy who has had a career that's kind of similar to yours in that he's been so productive on the field. We've seen the impact that he can have in games. He can be an absolute game wrecker. And yet he doesn't seem to get the postseason accolades that we always expect him to have, which is similar to kind of what happened with you for a while. We'd see you be so disruptive during the season, and then you weren't necessarily getting those postseason accolades right away. How do you kind of mentor him, continue to advise him, and continue to be a part of his growth as a player? Just trying to get him to understand that the biggest thing is, like, at the end of the day, hate to say that, you know, but Tennessee's a smaller market compared to the other teams, and a lot of people don't pay attention to us because in the past we was not good. We had we had a rough time of, you know, establishing a name for ourselves, establishing, you know, dominance in the lead, and 
now we have done that. So it's going to be that, it's going to be, you know, that thing just like me, like the first couple of years, you're going to fall out and people are going to recognize it, but you're just not going to get, like, you're just not going to get that recognition. But, you know, once you do it again and show that you're consistent, everybody just want to understand that if you play in the Tennessee society, they want to make sure that you're a consistent player and it's not a one year thing. And I think, you know, he's been doing that so far, which is a blessing. He's a dominant player. He's going to continue to be dominant. And as long as he keep on doing what he got to do on the football field, the accolade is going to come. Mac, you went through your notebook. You know, you you really gave us the evaluation of Jarrell Casey. As he was going through the league and his career, you had to watch him play and play against him. And how effective was Jarrell Casey at ruining what opposing teams were trying to do on Sundays? We'll talk a little ball here. And, you know, again, as I say, I've, I've drafted a few players in 31 years. But you always keep your eye on the guys because after you do the draft, you always watch guys, you know, develop and go through the league. And there's guys that, that you know, that you've evaluated and you really kind of want to test yourself as an evaluator to see how those guys perform. And I was always I was always so proud to watch you and watch your development because the one thing that 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 I, that I really knew and I, and it goes clear back to the SC when I wrote on there never stops you never did stop and whether and whether you know the scheme uh, meant for you to play a shade you know or meant for you to play a three technique whatever it meant for you to do or to get out on the edge in a sub defense you always were able to make it work but the thing that impressed me so much and again as I said I've been doing this a long time. But your effort from start to finish, from year one to the year that you got through playing, it never changed. And that is something that does not only take some physical ability and physical toughness, it takes some mental toughness. Because you know as well as I do, Jarrell, really, this is a grind. This this profession is a grind for players and coaches, and you have to be mentally on top of your game. And, you know, when I came back to Tennessee, you know, after I'd been gone – and, and you were still here, the thing that really impressed me was as to how much you had improved your game. You had improved yourself physically. You had improved yourself. And your game had taken on a whole different aspect than what it was when you first started. And to, to be able to watch that type of development, I mean, that's what you look for. When you're a coach in this league, you look, you look and you follow and you're really happy about your players that you've had a hand in their development. And you, I mean, as I said, I just read off the guys that went before you and it didn't matter as and you you said it right that mindset that you had coming in here it doesn't matter how I got here now that I'm here here's what I'm going to do and you should be very very proud of that and let and I I have I'm very proud to have had a small part of bringing you in here because uh, I really appreciate that you got me almost over here in tears right now. Well, yeah, and it's, it, it's something that you do when you coach in this league because you know how hard it is, but you get close. You Definitely. get close to players because you live with them. And what you did yes, was, was was impressive, but you did it the right way. I really appreciate that because, like you said, it definitely was a whole mental strain, especially going through the years of, you know, changing coaches and changing position coaches and having, you know, having to switch schemes, switch learning the playbook. And come, you know, I just want to say thank you to USC. You know, they they definitely got us prepared. They got us mentally prepared for being able to come to the NFL with the right mindset of, you know, how to attack this as been a pro and just having the right people around me. I think uh, I had developed a great team with just, you know, management, financial, just family, wife, just having the right people around me. And at that time, you know, just keeping the mind stable and just saying, you know, 
you got to move with the time. The NFL is not for long. So if you can't you can't develop and keep on moving, if you can't train others, and that's the biggest thing. I understand what my weakness was year in and year out. And if you know and go back to just hearing me when I did my interviews and stuff like that, every single year I, I focus on something else and try to develop a different part of my game because I just knew how the NFL works. You know, you never just know who's going to come in, what scheme you're going to be working in. And I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it a whole lot. But I knew this was the job entitled. And I can't go out there and complain about it. All I can do is make the best of it. If they're going to pay me in a certain role, I got executed. And that's how I just went and took everything in. Jarrell, that's, that, that, that's, that's exactly the type of attitude, as I said. I've coached a lot of great players in, in, in my career. And the thing that they the great ones always did, I'll never forget when I was coaching Mike Singletary for all those years in Chicago, he would come in every offseason with a blank notebook and say, what do I need to work on? And you're talking yep, yep. you're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer, but every year he put b- behind him what he had done and said, "What do I need to work on, Coach Mack?" And that to me is, and you know, Mike Vrabel did that with his team this year in in the open date. You know, he talked with every player and and, and said, "Look, th- let's concentrate on just just one aspect for this off week that we have." People don't really understand what it takes, and pl- once you've been in the league and a productive player, you started facing more double teams. You started facing more you know attention from opposing offenses once you start to be the dude and people don't ever understand how much it takes not only be able to to come back at the next level but to be able to take it beyond that because it once you become a known commodity in this league offenses <laughs> offenses are going after you and so all of that stuff as i said it just makes me really proud of what you've done because you did it right definitely no i appreciate that because you, you're definitely right about that because it's not just playing the game at, at one level. You have to be able to take it to that next level of, like you say, once you, once you establish yourself, you start getting these double teams. You can't go home and start complaining, man, I'm not making any plays because I'm getting double teamed. I mean, making me plays because they're not running the ball my way or whatever the case is. You still got to come up with a way to still kind of make those plays and still be a factor for your team. And I think that's the blessing that Tennessee have right now in this stage of, of, of their time of having Jeffrey Simmons. He's a guy who can still dominate the field and still get, get things going. And it's a blessing to be able to watch that guy out there, man. He's been so dominant. And for me, to be able to see a, a young guy that I was able to touch for a little bit and, and, and get him a little bit underneath my wing, um, it's just a blessing to see him go out there and be dominating right now. Jarrell, the last time we were able to talk to you, you were here retiring as a Titan, which I think was a great day for all of us. It was so good to have you back around and be able to relive some of those old memories. But you now have a full football season of retirement under your belt. What has this been like for you? It's, it's been it's been different, you know. Uh, just basically just not having so much structure has been been mind tripping. I was like, dang, what I'm gonna do all day? What's gonna what's gonna be what's gonna be my hobby for the day? And so that's been the, the most difficult part is just trying to fill your day up with stuff to actually do. And so it's been a blessing, though, just having been able to have the boys part time in school and being able to have the wife now um, working right now. So she keeps me fully busy. We have full day dates. We go and just enjoy each other um, as much as we can and take advantage of this before we start getting real busy again. Um, I just gave myself a promise of two years before I start doing anything crazy, just relaxing and enjoy this free time. And then, um, Get, start getting busy again, like I said, with school and start getting busy with other stuff off the field and, you know, start enjoying that true retirement life. But trying to get into golfing, get into the gun range, get into archery, just been trying to get into a little bit of little extra activities. But retirement has been beautiful. 
not having the stress about, you know, carrying the weight on your shoulder or playing football and, you know, the stress of if you're winning or losing. I think that part of the game I'm happy to be over with. I definitely miss the camaraderie. I've been out there with my boys and them and smacking folks around. But at the end of the day, man, I, I play. I paid my dues, and now I can kick my feet up and enjoy the time of retirement. Have you found hobbies or activities that you are surprisingly good at? <laughs> no, nah, I'm not. I, that's, that's the crazy <laughs> part, man. I'm so damn good at football, but everything else is so difficult to learn, man. I've been going top golf, trying to hit, trying to hit these golf balls, can't get that down. I'm out here. I got. I'm getting decent. I'll shoot the archery in my backyard a little bit, and so I'm. I got. I could. I'm decent at that, but I didn't lost about three or four arrows already <laughs> missing the target. Just like in the neighborhood, there's just arrows. No, no, no. Off my backyard, I got like little open space. It's like this little open little pond area. So it's just straight open space. There's nobody in danger at all. But it's just man. It's. It's it's crazy. It's like, dude, why, why I'm so good at football, but I can't do nothing else. I'm over here getting crossed up by my son playing basketball. I'm like, this is I can't make a basket. It's just it's, it's crazy. But I'm enjoying it all just to have a lot of free time and enjoy the family as much as I can. And you know, the best part is playing with my boys. They doing soccer and basketball now. So they both out there, man, turning up. My boy, he scored his first goal, goal Saturday. He had his first soccer game. So I'm juiced about that. That was pretty dope. Uh, well, Jarrell, we are so excited to see you at Nissan Stadium on Saturday. Cannot wait for you to come out in front of all those fans. They're going to go absolutely bananas to have you back in the house. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait. It's going to be a turn up. And, you know, I'm about to bring the juice. So I know I know Nashville is going to turn up, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> Jarrell, looking forward to seeing you, man. It's playoff football. Appreciate and it, Coach. Casey right. back. It's really cool, man. We're looking forward to seeing you. Let's get it. Mac, it was so good to have a conversation with Jarrell Casey. Like, that was spectacular. I think that Titans fans are going to go absolutely berserk when he comes out of the tunnel. Wasn't it great talking with him and hearing the excitement in his voice? I mean, and of course, one of my favorites, you know, and of course, you heard in that. I mean, I, I I feel like I had a small part in getting him here and just was so proud of his whole career. And it's so great that he's going to be the 12th Titan for this playoff game. Couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, it's going to be epic. I can't believe it's almost here. Like, it is, it's go time. It's close to go time. It's close to go time. Close to go time. And we made it this far without you telling me to keep my powder dry. Well, you've done a pretty good job of it. You've done a pretty good job of it. You're pretty woosah. <laughs> trying to be zen do you have final thoughts before the titans take on the cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs yeah we're gonna need everybody there everybody i know everybody's gonna be there but we need you to be there and be there you know be be totally involved because these are one and done shots in in the national football league playoffs and it's hard work to get a to get a first round bye. it's a hard work to get a home playoff game let's all work hard to get this victory well and bud dupree was actually talking the other day about how much the fans and the noise in a stadium can benefit the defense, not the offense, the defense. So when the Tennessee Titans are on defense, get loud. No loud as you can. Yeah. You know, you were talking about Joe Burrow and this explosive offense. Let's get a couple of false starts out of them. Do anything, do anything that we can. This crowd this year has been outstanding at home. The, the crowd that went to Houston was outstanding. So let's uh, amp it up for the playoffs. 
I agree, Coach Mack. Let's just get a little rowdy. This is going to be fun. For Titans Amy, he's Coach Mack. This has been the Titans Amy and Coach Mack podcast. We are looking forward to seeing all of you at Nissan Stadium and the night before the prep rally. All one million of you. All one million subscribers, please come to the prep rally. Thanks for listening to the Titans Amy and Coach Mack podcast.